0: Welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Fork. I'm the Fork. I'm Blake. And you're listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast out there on the interwebs coming to you from our secret location in the filthiest storeroom in Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Of course not. No, we won't. Uh, so, a week's a long time in football. We, yeah. said, that, we said that last week. We did and, say and that. We're,
1: and we're back with another podcast only a week after the previous one. So yeah, By popular yeah. demand. Yes, Blake called me and said, we should do another podcast, and I said, I guess, I guess. Is anyone listening? There was a tweet or something, someone said, are you going to do another one this week? Okay. Was that about us? I don't know, know. but we (laughs) took it
0: that it was, so here we are. Yes.
1: Yeah, but a week's a long time, because last week, um, you know, things were looking pretty good after the Panthers' loss, Panthers' victory, victory, of course, because it was a loss. Uh, Roosters game, we went into it, we said, you know, a respectable Mm. performance, Mm. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be happy with. Yep which it certainly was a close thing in the end, but um, at this point in time, injuries mm. are really uh, mm. taking their toll
0: mm. and are in danger of uh,
1: derailing our season.
0: Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, on the long-term injury list, we've got Joey Lalua probably not back, um, no. maybe back in September if we're lucky. Uh, we've got Joe Tarpenay, I think, still got nine to 10 weeks on this the sideline. Is that long? Line. Yeah, it's a long time for an ankle injury. Um, we've got Johnny Bateman, minimum four to five weeks till he comes back. Um, and now we've also got um, on the sideline and I cannot think of who the other one is Jordan Rapina Jordan Rapina is, sitt- is sitting out there um, with four to five weeks with a PCL injury so you know that's, that's I mean, four it was- star players that's not just any no Taylor, and I was, if, you, if you think about it in terms of salary cap dollars mm.
1: it's well over two million dollars worth of playing talent yeah. on the sideline And and if you think about you know that sort of the whole right side that mm. was, you know, so so good, so good for the first yeah. half a dozen games, yeah. was completely gone now.
0: Yeah, it is. It's wiped out. It's wiped out. It's very much like King's Landing underneath the uh, the dragon of Daenerys Targaryen. Who saw that coming, people? Certainly not me. No, I saw it. You saw that coming. I saw it. You she was obviously saw she was going to go crazy. I didn't think she was going to go crazy, but my major thing is she's going crazy. She's burning the thing. <laughs> Why aren't people running out of the place? They're running further into it and round in circles. I don't know. And I thought the way Cersei and Jamie went out was lame. Yeah. Surely you want an Arya Stark to kill Cersei. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I am still happy with her. But anyway, this
1: isn't a Game of Thrones podcast.
0: No, it's not. It's not. But it sort of feels like that with the amount of English people we've got. And come on, tell me that Winterfell is not Manchester and King's Landing is not London. Come on. that That's exactly the way it looks. The north, the south. And that, that's the way it feels. And, of course, that leads us into this weekend's match against the Rabbitohs where we're going to have a lot of Englishmen lining up against each other.
1: Yeah. And a lot of very big Burgess, Burgi Mm. running at us, which is a bit of a worry because, you know, um, with the strategy to move to a smaller forward pack, obviously that's um, proven very successful at the back end of games because we're not getting tired and, you know, being run over the top of. And we're actually finishing strongly, which was evident in the game against the Roosters. But um, there is a possibility of getting overpowered. There in is. the early stages of the game, particularly this Saturday, and mm. whether or not we'll get overpowered by Souths and they'll run up a score pretty quickly that
0: we'll be sort of chasing. That's my main concern heading into well, this match. Here's the thing, right? And this has been pointed out to me by someone who, you know, like annoys me with their opinions, but th- this one particularly came up and I thought, Oh, eh, there's something in that. Sam Burgess comes out in the paddock as the captain of the South Sydney side and he imposes himself on that field as the alpha male. He says, I am the big swinging phallus on this field yep. and all must bow before me and I'm going to do what I do. Now, part of the reason that James Graham targeted in the beginning of that grand final in 2014, as hard as he did, was he knew that and he knew he had to hit Sam Burgess. But what my friend pointed out to me, Simon, if you're out there listening, uh, you usually are an idiot and your opinions absolutely suck and I pay no effort to them all, but I like this one. He said, a la the wattenay Lesniak brothers, how about you have a go at Tom? How about you lay into, you know, the monkey boy of the Burgess brothers and lay into him and hammer him a few times and see if he can get Sam's back up because that might actually put him off the game. And this is the one thing we do know about Sammy Burgess is he gets himself a bit of white line fever. He does. He gets himself a bit of white line fever. And after and this is when we got beaten by South last year, where Jared Croker got suspended for having a hand on Gus Crichton. Yeah, they um, um, got Sinbin for having it, whereas um, Sam Burgess did a swingy arm to the head of Aiden Caesar and didn't even get a penalty against him and then subsequently got suspended. What we do know is he got reported for that particular incident. after he got reported, he went quiet in that game. <laughs> he went quiet in that game. So if we can get him up and then he can get a bit of white line fever and give someone a little bit of an inappropriate whacking, and we can get him off his game, that might be worthwhile. So what I'm saying is go out there, and smack Tommy. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> couldn't couldn't hurt, could it? <laughs> what do you think of that? You like that strategy? I don't know. You don't
1: like that? I don't know. I don't know. It's a pity John Bateman's not playing. Obviously, oh, that would have been league. that would have been the uh, the good one to see him up, go up against his fellow. Well, they're all actually Bradford juniors, you know. Mm, yeah, I know. And, and, and Bradford, who were a club that sort of went massively into decline, and yeah, they all yeah. left, and they got went broke and got relegated. They're, I think they're back up. Yeah. In, but but yeah, they went through a really tough period. But Elliot Whitehead the Burgess boys and... uh, I believe they're referred to as the Burgeye. Yeah, the Burgeye and Bateman, all all from
0: Bradford. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty grim place. Yeah, no, I heard tell. My my, my family's from Greater Manchester, Bolton, and um, they couldn't wait to get out of there. And I hear across the Pennines is even worse. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'd be good. But, yeah, look, I I don't think we're without a chance against um, the Rabbitohs. Um, Where do you see us having the best chance, Blake? It's hard to say. It is hard to say, is it? <laughs> I, this Jack is... Whiten has been immense. He
1: has been immense. He has been immense, and... and I think he's going to be a real focus of our attack and yeah. uh, and our point scoring ability. And he's at that stage now where it's interesting. Um, some stat from the from the game against the Roosters, that was his first try assist. He was hadn't
0: it? actually had a try assist credited to him. Maybe not the last. Pass yeah. which is where the tri assist comes from. So the tri assist comes from the last pass, but the amount or of time he's come through the line and caused the Well and also he's scored a few himself. That's you know. to them. Yeah, and he's gone through has been if you're not thinking he's not acting as a playmaker at this stage, the stats are deceptive in that way. Yeah. There is no question he's been brilliant. And we said this at the beginning of the season when people were questioning would he work there. A la Campisi back when he was in form. What's the running threat? Two people have to be on him, yeah. because if two people aren't on him, he's going to get through 50% of the time, and it better be a good tackle one-on-one if he's not going to get Which through. Which is the opposite with, with Sam Williams, because they, they know that he's not going to mm. run himself. So Well, but that's, that's when Sammy plays his best football, when he runs to the line and pops yeah. those passes, when he's prepared to get poleaxed, yeah. and he does, he gets poleaxed, and he throws those late passes. Just at the point where they realise he's running and going from that gap and he's little and fast, too close in, he pops the pass and there's a hole. How sorry did you feel um, for Joel Thompson? And it's no wonder he left the Raiders because towards
1: the back end of the Campese games, yeah, you just knew every time he was getting yeah, the ball, yeah, and two people would come out and oh. absolutely whack him. Poor old Jolly too <laughs>
0: Now and look, and it's a super bloke too. He was really good. I didn't particularly want him to lose, the, leave the club, but um, you know, apparently he just wanted to get out of Canberra for reasons other than football yeah well there was talk that he'd be coming back to Canberra at one stage but that was kiboshed fairly quickly by both camps so yeah. they, were, they were talking about that then but um, yeah but look the Roosters match we just can't afford those, those slow stars. we just can't afford those slow stars. yeah look the Roosters looked very good um, they did you know obviously um, you look at the class in that back line though James Tedesco Latrell Mitchell and Cooper Cronk are three of the best players in their position if not the best players yeah. in their positions in the game Tedesco it's just that pace unbelievable just where
1: he skips gets outside his man or yeah. just comes
0: in and just, he's so fast and just the ex- and you think he's at his top speed and then all of a sudden there's this <laughs> other gear and you think where the yeah. hell did that come from I and, know and the, he's good and and that sort of you
1: know we did predict that Elliot um, Whitehead would go hmm Onto the uh, onto the the right hand side, but um, Sam Williams and um, Oldfield defending together yeah, didn't didn't, didn't look good. It didn't work, which it, has led to a change this week, which it, I guess a lot of people have been calling for. Yeah. and I was calling for for a long time, but now I'm
0: a bit nervous about it. And that's um, Nick Kotrick moving to right center. Now I'm not nervous about it at all. I'm not nervous. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, and. A few years ago in 2016, when we went up to Shark Park as the team, um, the ABC team, to call that match. um, Directly after that match that we won, which was great, um, and we were walking out feeling very happy. And I went and got one of those soft serve ice creams with the chocolate all over the top of it. It was outstanding. I really enjoyed it. Um, But after the match, there was the Junior Kangaroos versus the Junior Great Britain side. And after the match. After that match. So was it was a, it was a curtain closer. It was a curtain closer. Yeah. And young Nick Kotrick was playing at right centre in that match, and he was immense. He was so damn good. He was busting lines. He was feeding his winger. His defence was fantastic. Because on evidence of uh, the game against the Roosters, I'm a bit worried about his passing ability. Okay, well, you might be. There is an <laughs> allegation in that last pass. There was a strong rooster's hand in that that knocked that in the direction. If it he'd went. just, if he'd thrown it like a second earlier, if he'd thrown it two seconds later and just pinned his ears back and run, I
1: think he would have been. I actually, because I first thought that if he'd just gone himself, he would have scored.
0: But oh, I think he, he was covered. Been, I think. I think he was covered, but he two more meters and he had drawn both those players in, and a pass slips through. It's a try under the post, and we're in Or he could have time, kicked it or, or something.
1: Or I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, best laid plans of mice and men within that. But we can't afford the slow starts. But, um, you know, going on to that, there's been some things in that match that have annoyed some of us. And this week in Blake on the Burst, we're going to explore some of those. Oh, Are yeah. we? yes. So this is Blake on the Burst, where our Blake voices some of the things that annoy him a little bit. And you have one this week, don't you, Blake?
1: Um, well, you know, I don't like to... I'd like to sort of leave most of the negativity to you. I like to generally be, you know, positive and upbeat because mm. this is the type of person I am. Y- that's and, true. You know, Everyone says. And uh, <laughs> and um, normally we have, you know, what grinds my gears, which is usually you sort of saying, oh, people have been mean to me on Twitter. you know, they blah, have. Blah, blah. They have been mean <laughs> to me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so... Well, but, well, Blake on the burst was going to be a couple of different things, but primarily on Sunday, I think we saw well and truly the death of of the penalty for the voluntary tackle. Because in all my years of watching rugby league, over 40 years now, I've never seen a more clear case of someone doing a voluntary tackle than Victor Radley
0: in the dying dying moments. Yeah, and and the issue was too, that not only was it the most obvious diving at the feet to do absolutely nothing, when Hudson Young ran ran in, and pulled the ball off him, which was entirely titled to do because it was not a tackle. Well, this is this is the thing that, you know, so when you go the surrender tackle, which is, you
1: know, when someone normally you see them do it when their fullback jumps in the field of play, the moment that you lay your hands upon them, in theory, the tackle is complete. You know, that, that's what they always yeah, say, but which it, you're always in that weird situation but where. But Young actually
0: runs into that, Young Hudson Young runs into that, and all he does is grabs the ball. Yeah cuz he was... gets the ball and moves it out the back line. It should have been play on and instead we got a penalty against us. The weird well, there was pretty much the end of the game I think then. Yeah. The
1: weird um but no but Jared Sutton basically yeah blew it up said no that's it. Your mate Jared Sutton. Yeah. Speaking of your mate Jared Sutton, are you still friends with him on Facebook after the weekend or was that the, did you finally
0: unfriend him? No, I can tell you that Jared Sutton and I have never been friends on Facebook and uh, neither of his brothers, Bernie or Chris, are my friends or are likely in any way, shape or form to be my friends and there's a number of reasons for that. Um, the boys from Coonabarabran, the Coonabarabran the mafia, um, yeah. Anyway, getting back to the
1: voluntary tackle thing, right? So I actually went and looked up the International Rugby League laws regarding a voluntary mm-hmm. tackle and it says a player in possession shall not deliberately and unnecessarily allow himself to be tackled by voluntarily falling to the ground when not held by an opponent now isn't that not what happened with Victor Radley yeah that is exactly what and the tackle before that too while on the subject yeah well that the Orbison one was sort of hard well that Orbison was, no one one you touched see. Him. It was one you see all the time but there was actually a third one earlier in the game and it happened after um you know, when the ball got kicked into Croker and they said they said that he played at it and ruled six again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicked into his legs. Um, oh, yeah. There was... There we'll was be getting to that. A, uh, there was one from Angus Crichton. Mm. And so, um, you know what happens now is where they go on the ground and then basically the defender stands there, stands there, stands there, and then smashes mm. into them. Mm. Well, um... Uh, Josh Hodgson was just doing there, standing there, standing there, standing there, waiting for the rest of the Raiders to get back and set their line. And before he even did the, the, the crashing thing, um, Crichton just got up and played the ball, and he'd never actually been tackled. And it's, you can see you could see Hodgson, like, uh, gesture to the
0: ref, you know, what's going on there. But they've played on, and, and fortunately well, for the and, Raiders... And actually, what should have happened in that particular instant, the instant that Crichton put the ball on the ground, it should have been a knock-on. Yeah, right. It should have been well, anyway, handling an error. They played on, on and, and, and... If nothing else.
1: And they scored the try, which was disallowed for forward pass, which may not have actually been a forward pass, but, you know, it was
0: seen as sort of justice done at the time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And look, and this is one of the things that, that gets there. And look, that, that, that and I take you're very upset about that too, Blake. Outraged. Outraged. He's, out, he's on the burst, people. He's on the burst, you know. And look, this this I think this segment's really working. So yeah, you know, it's, it's right going, in, places. It's going it, places. It is it's going places, and everyone, everyone particularly likes that. Um, but um, that's the thing, you know. And there are things you're right that do make me angry. And in fact, there are things that in fact grind my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And on that particular match, we saw a number of the things that grind my gears. But one more so than anything else. Now. You viewers, you listeners should know out there, or seven of you, should know that uh, when we recorded last week's podcast, I got cold feet and instructed Blake to actually remove a whole section that was critiquing uh, the performance of one Jared Sutton from Coon and the oldest of the Sutton boys, performance um, uh, in holding the whistle with the Raiders versus Sea Eagles match and the 13 to 5 penalty count which was miles outside his usual range. One of the reasons that Jared Sutton is routinely picked in finals matches, is not just he's a good ref, because in general play, he is. I've seen him be a bloody brilliant ref. We remember in the battle of, uh, the Good Friday battle between the Roosters and the Bulldogs where um, someone dove at uh, the- Oh, was that you throwing the plastic ball at him as he went up the And the plastic (laughs) bottle got thrown and the the bloke broke his shoulder and stuff like that. But where he rightly called the penalty for James Graham, um, launching himself at the leg of Adam Reynolds and ends the match through that yeah. penalty. Correctly. And then stood his ground and said the right thing. There are times when I look at Jared Sutton and say, no, mate, you ruled it. And the fact that he stands his ground, when you've got the red-headed monster like James Graham screaming in your face like that, and the way he did it, I, I admired... I wrote an article saying I admired it and that he was good. So when I say these words to you about this, I want you to know it from a basis... That I've actually always thought Jared Sutton was a very good referee and deserving of his spot. His refereeing of the Manly Raiders match was shite. It was biased. It was one-sided, and it wasn't because he was penalising the Raiders. The Raiders gave away those penalties. All those penalties, when you look back on them, almost two or one. There's a couple that are 50-50. Were deserved by the Raiders. That is not my beef with him. Going into that match, the most penalised side in the NRL was the Manly Sea Eagles by quite a stretch, the highest average penalty count. Somehow for a side that was routinely and acknowledged as standing offside, holding down in the ruck and doing all sorts of stuff to free the ball up and had been penalised for it all season, only gave away five penalties at the same time as the Raiders were seen as basically killing babies on the doorstep of Belgium houses. And it was the difference in a match won by four points the amount of possession that swung made the difference and won that match. Those two points were cost by Jared Sutton's it was referee. 13, it
1: was thirteen to five.
0: Thirteen to five. Yeah. There was eight penalties yeah. there in a difference. Jared Sutton's career, if you go back and look at it, his thing is he's always got even penalty counts. Usually one, maybe two in difference. He had eight. But what was that? What was the penalty count in the one against the Roosters? Because it I was think, even. It was actually yeah, even. Was in fact, the Raiders won it. The Raiders got seven and yeah. sorry, uh, gave away seven, and the Roosters got oh, cl- eight. It was the classic square but up, up of then what the penalties were and yeah. where they were. And they got all theirs coming out of their own end. So the issue in that was his refereeing in the first half of that Roosters Raiders match basically gifted the Roosters' possession on two occasions that they had absolutely no right to have, and in fact on one of those occasions should have been a penalty to the Raiders, and we should have been up the other end, that they scored tries from. And a match that was decided in the end by six points, it cost the match. Now, what I want to know from people is which one of you bastards ate Jared Sutton's lunch or ran over his damn dog So he obviously hates our guts to the point that he's giving these away. I want you all, all you people in green, to have a good think about what you've done to piss off Jared Sutton. And then I want you all to write heartfelt apologies for what you've (laughs) done to Jared and and his brothers. So we can make peace. We can reconcile with Jared Sutton. So we can get this back on on track and we can say sorry to the Sutton boys. We can say sorry for all the allegations I've made to you, Bernard Sutton, of being absolutely dreadful referees, boss who should never, ever, ever have been appointed to the job. And it grinds my gears, Blake. It fucking grinds my gears. Oh, I have to do some more editing this week, aren't I? No, there'll be no editing. (laughs) There'll be no editing this week. Nor should there be. Nor you've, should run, they be. you've run
1: it by your lawyers
0: and this is all okay. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm happy to back up those things because they were there. But, look, in amongst all the things that uh, made me very, very, very unhappy, you know, is that, uh, there are reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part 3. So this week there are reasons to be cheerful. That comeback was great. That shows a real backbone. It was. I mean, you could say that the Roosters were,
1: um, you know... Pretty decimated by injuries. Thank you, Elliot at, Whitehead. At that stage,
0: he is the devastator. He is the devastator. That's three it's, players he's now <laughs> taken out, and none of them—not one of them—have been intentionally. But geez, done it. He's got now. He's got Boyd Cordner. He's got Daily Cherry Evans, and he got what was the other one? Oh, he's got uh, Kickow. Yeah, I mean, those are three freaking big scalps to have taken um, out. Speaking of Elliot Whitehead, I saw. Have
1: you seen how this week on Snapchat the? Uh, Gender swap filter came out. Yeah,
0: in fact, I've got my gender swap, the, my my gender swap picture for you right now. I'll oh, we'll have to share that on the Facebook page. So oh, there we go. What do you think of that? Oh, I reckon it's I'm not too bad. I'm a bit of a hottie myself. It's not too. I
1: saw um, a, a friend of mine who's Asian posted one of himself earlier today. And he, he looks exactly the same. So I don't know whether yeah, it, yeah, oh, whether, yeah, it, whether it, it doesn't work with certain um, ethnicities or not. But um yeah, so I saw a post during the week from from Jordan Rappaner, and it was Ellie Whitehead. Is that right? Yeah, Elliot Whitehead's female... Was he um, good
0: looking? Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Look, Elliot is a, is a top bloke. He's a very... Fun, as as we've seen from Elliot in the sheds. Um, yeah. He's a funny dude. Um, but he, he was great. So the comeback was great. I thought Jack Whiten again. Um, we'll, Ricky we'll knew lose. halfway through last season he was putting Jack in at 5'8". Yeah. And was searching desperately for a fullback. and. I'll get to the next stage of my reasons to be cheerful, um, to do it. But he knew he had to put him there for defensive reasons. But who the hell knew he was going to be that good an attack? Yeah, and his kicking game's been... Look, when it's not going miles out on the full... No, nah, but it's improved. It has improved out of sight. And he's getting better and better each week. And right now, he's the great wide hope which position which jumper do you think he's going to have in the in the New South Wales side? I would um, have him at right Center but mm. I think it's more likely 14 now I think he's going to be 14 I yeah. think I think that's the best spot for him because he can cover the whole back line every position that they might get in but they like, even
1: even if there's not a backline injury I could see them bringing him on you know if you look at um oh, I I'd, way... I'd, I'd run him at right Center and have
0: no problems, but I reckon they might go with
1: Jesse right yeah but if you look at um, when Calen uh, Ponga came on for Queensland, and he was basically like a roving lock or whatever, that yeah, yeah, he was really good. He was, and I could see them injecting Whiten in the same way. You could
0: just get him in there running through the middle, yeah. tightening up the fence, you know, yeah. oh, and bringing look, on bringing energy. The thing about the reason I know Whiten's going to get selected is you don't have any doubt in his defence. He is a piece of iron. He has always been a piece of iron. He will hold up his end in that regard, no question. And now he's getting his attack in order. It's just a if Freddie doesn't pick him, I really want to know the logic behind it because Josh Morris can't go in in front of him. You know What would be the point of that? But um, a reason to be cheerful is Jack's in such form that I think it's a laydown that he's going to be in the New South Wales. It's not necessarily great for the Raiders, though, to have too many players. You know, I think it's very good for the Raiders to do that, and Ricky's of the opinion that the more players he can get in the rep sides, the better because then it's seen as the side that rep players come from and it gives them experience. So. On one hand, we're all scared that someone's gonna go off in there and get injured. And on the other hand, everyone says, gee, I'll go to the race and I'll get to play with Jack White." It puts him on a bigger stage, because let's face it, it's the biggest free-to-air audience of the year. And all of a sudden, there's gonna be kiddies out there who are gonna go, who's Jack and mummy? And they said, well, he's a Canberra Raiders player. The Canberra Raiders are a side that doesn't play on free-to-air and they come from <laughs> they the used deep to be good. dark south. <laughs> they used to be good back in the dark days when Grandad was a boy. And they say, but Jack Whiten seems like he's a good footballer. Does that mean the Raiders might be a good team? Oh, no, no, no. We can't have them. We must have the Roosters on free-to-air. We must have the Roosters. I think it's a great thing for him being there. I mean, I think the only two Raiders that were going to definitely get there will be Whiten and Papali. Yeah. There's no one else. I'd love to see Jared Croker get up. I really would. I just don't think they'll pick him. There are so many people talking about it that aren't people in green, though. So I, I just have my fingers crossed for him. It, it, it's wrong that someone who's got his record and is now back in career best form, I believe, um, isn't talked about this. He can do his job. The only problem he's got is a left centre and so is Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. And I ain't moving Latrell Mitchell for love nor money. No. But um, look, that's that's another reason to be cheerful. But another one is Nick Cotrick at centre. That's a reason to be cheerful. I reckon we're about to see the best of Nick Kotrick. I hope so, because he ha-
1: he's had, by his own standards, I think he's been pretty quiet so far this year. Mm. It may be what he needs. Um, like I say, for a while there, I was, I was really behind the move to
0: fullback, and you know, mm. it had mixed results, didn't it? Um, I right, Look, I'm very happy for him to go in centre. I think it's right. I think he's up for the job. I think Oldfield's a good winger, and does good defence on the wing. I think Bailey Simonson outside Jared Croker is, is going to be a good combination. Um, I know they'll be targeting that and attack, but I think they'll hold up. and Bailey Simmonson's a good player. so I'm actually happy with the way the backline's looking in spite of Layla is not there. My fear this weekend against Souths is what exactly what you said, Geez, they look big. Yeah, they look really. The other thing big is big. It is Burgess is actually is not on the same side as Sam Williams, but whether or not he'll go, Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll go, go wandering. Angus Crichton will go looking for him is what's going to happen. Oh, sorry, not Angus Crichton. He's not there anymore. Cameron Murray is going to go. Well, Cameron go Murray's Murray. locked. So that the second rower um, on uh, William's side is, um, John, is Sutton. John Sutton. Yeah. Now, yeah. John Sutton got a really nasty whack in the ribs last week, and I was hearing rumours that he might not make the ground. And, and you saw Nichols, the old Raiders player, is, is, is playing yeah, on the bench. Yeah, Liam Knight. Liam Knight's yeah, been Liam Knight's awesome. coming in there. I'm wondering if he's going to be spraying his mouth with any fly spray <laughs> on this particular occasion. For anyone who hasn't heard the story, when he got pulled over for the RBT. A long time ago. Done, a, long a long time, time ago. ago. Uh, he was, he was desperate and <laughs> he sprayed fly spray in his mouth. to try. Thinking <laughs> they was <were> somehow <laughs> to to rescuers. To throw the detector <laughs> off. So not only is he sitting in the cells, <laughs> he's got a mouthful of Aragard which is pretty funny. Um, no, he's actually he's actually looked all right at South. I thought he looked great at the Raiders. I thought he was a good player. Yeah. I thought he had some really solid. I don't solid think stuff. they
1: wanted to lose him, but I think it's with the classic case of, you know, he was a Sydney boy and he wanted to go back to Sydney, so. Yeah. It's hard. It's like Sydney players are
0: probably the hardest ones to keep in Canberra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's close as well too. I mean, but that's why it should be actually easier. It yeah. really is two and a half hours up that road. Yeah, it, it's not a big trip. Well, that was you know when um, we almost signed James Tedesco. Well, he yeah. was from Camden, so he's yeah, like, it it's two. just down the road. <laughs> Literally, you roll out of bed. <laughs> that one. It's probably quicker to get to Camden than just go to training. <laughs> yeah. Well, depending on the. I don't think he still lives there now, does he? Look, or... I went uh, for a work function uh, yesterday in Sydney and. It was an hour and a half in the cab from Kingston Smith Domestic Airport out to where I was going in Western Sydney. We crawled along, and it was 35 kilometres. And then you see all these people online saying Canberra's a hole, and I'm thinking, yeah, move to Western Sydney. This endless flow of concrete and bitumen with no wildlife yeah, in I mean, it look, and toxic you know, fumes and slow, grovelling traffic. It's brilliant. Let me pay another toll. I
1: want to live here. <laughs> it depends. You know, the Sydney experience is, is many and varied, isn't it? And it mm. depends on where you live and... Oh, yeah. And how you're living. I lived on the harbour. I'd be happy as Larry. When people from Campbelltown tell you that Canberra's a shithole, you're kind of like, (laughs) okay. Okay, yeah, (laughs) and your basis for that one is
0: what? You know, let us know. So, yeah, look, this weekend, I think if we're going to have a win against the the Rabbitohs, if we're going to have a win against the Rabbitohs, it's actually going to be backline-inspired. I think we need to shift the ball early and often out to the back line because when you actually look at what they've got out there, and this is Alex Johnson's now dropped out of the side. Has he? Yeah, so he's not at fullback. Who's fullback? Gagai? Uh, no, no. Gagai's um, going to still be in the centre. So he's at left centre. And Kyle Turner, who's Kyle been playing Turner. well at right centre. So that's good, but he's not dynamic yet. He's just holding his position very well. We've got Harati on one wing, um, who's good, but he's played one game. But, you know, Jared Hayne had played one game before he came and scored a hat-trick against the Raiders, I guess, so, you know, that's the thing. On the other one, you've got Campbell Graham, who'd had a really good season Yeah, last he's, he's been pretty good. And he's been. But, you know, down at the back, we're going to have Corey Allen, who's played eight oh, games. Oh, he's the guy that came down for the Broncos. Yeah, and look, he's got some talent. There's no question about the kid, but it's, you know, like he's moving into things. So their back line has a fair bit of shifting in there. And Adam Reynolds is fantastic, and we know Cody Walker can rip sides apart. That's really good. But... Um, but you know they got Totola on the bench, they got Matt Nichols on the bench, they got Ethan Lowe, I mean, yeah, on the bench, and then they got Liam Knight. So they're going for size. They're going for size. So up the front you've got the Burgeye, Tom and George, you've got Damien Cook, who is Yeah, electric. Just just absolutely brilliant. You got John Sutton, who I'm not sure where he's going to turn up. He had a bad rib injury. Cam Murray, who's playing really well, and of course the star of the show, Sam Burgess. So where are our things? Uh, you know, Papali is the match of any of the Virgi. Um, yeah, um, but there's um, only one of the match of Cook, but a different hooker. Yeah, altogether. completely different. But yeah, Whitehead is at the top of his game, so they're going to be coming at Hudson Young. Is where they're going to be coming. They're going to be coming at Hudson Young, Jared Croker, Simonson. They're going to be coming down that side. Yeah, you you can virtually say they'll be coming down that side. I I virtually say that's where they're going to be hitting. And if Jared Croker and Bailey Simonson, um and Hudson Young stand up. I reckon we're a very good chance of winning. Um, just before we go, I want to talk about Saliva Havili and his impact off the bench. Very
1: good. And um, it's, if you actually look at, at him and the role that he plays and the fact that we have Ian Hodgson, a 90-minute hooker, mm. that's why we can carry away, And we've got Sebastian Chris. Mm. We, and same, we had Bailey Simpson on the bench yeah. last year as well. The fact that you've got Havili who covers hooker and can also come on as, a, as an impact
0: Yeah. Forward. It's his versatility. I I think he's great. I think his versatility is great there. I'll be surprised to see Sebastian Chris not cut on game day. And um, uh, either Royce Hunt or Emre Goula come in. No, I think they'll keep him in there. I think they're going to have some big bodies come in on that. I think, what? yeah, they may. Because they did keep Bailey Simmonson on last week. That's weekend. what I mean. Lord, <laughs> wasn't that a good move in the end? Exactly. I was surprised. Every what time, every time
1: someone takes a back, outside back under the bench, you think, "Why are they going to man?" Oh, okay, yeah. That worked out <laughs> well, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that worked out really. That was really precipitous. As long as it's not Atik on the wing again, I'm pretty much I'm pretty oh, much happy geez, to hear. out to get out <laughs> of It wasn't his fault. I'm pretty much happy um, to have a winger on the bench. Yeah, well, every week, just so
0: we never see a repeat of that again. I'm pretty pleased to see Bailey Simonson is the side. I think he's done every opportunity he's got. He's he's made a win. Every, every post, post he's, made a made a winner. he's made a win. But the last thing I wanted to talk about is the bloke with the whale tail and the big bum at the back. Yeah, he's fantastic. C and K Shan's nickel Close. I heard an
1: interview actually with him um, during the weekend. Yeah, it just just seems like a really um, good honest, you know, young guy who just really, you know, wanted to come here and, and yeah. just give it a crack and, and put his best foot forward. And, and it's been amazing.
0: He, uh, he's just been Cause such Because it's only up. really the
1: first game that he looked a little bit
0: shaky at times, yeah. and that was in appalling conditions. Appalling conditions. And since then, he's looked safe as houses. But his last line of defence is deceptively good. He keeps making the good... tackles. Yeah. He keeps getting in the right places. He keeps catching... He keeps getting out of the in goal. You know all these things that he does but um i started like i wasn't sure about him i was there for for match number two i was there in the tunnel with with young matthew boy on my arm and we're standing with the side um as they the viking clap was happening outside and a few of the players i know came up and said g'day to matthew and made an effort so josh hodgson csoliola and jared croaker came up and made an effort with matthew to say hello matthew and do this and C&K, who didn't know me from a box of beans and didn't know who Matthew was, also came up and did it as well. And yeah, Matthew, nice guy. Yeah, Matthew had no idea. <laughs> he knew they were all Vikings, but he didn't know what what the thing was. He had no idea that what he got, was getting wasn't completely special. But I just remember thinking, this kid with the whale tail. I hope he works out because he's a nice bloke. Yeah. And he has worked out. <clears throat> so leading into this game, there's a lot of talk of a, of a huge
1: 20,000-person crowd mm. Is this, um, if you build it, then they'll come? If you tell everyone there's going to be a 20,000 person crowd, that, you know, it'll just get momentum of its
0: own and then it'll be in the media and. People panic to get tickets. Yeah, let's hope that's the way it goes. That's Let's hope that's the way it goes. See. I would love to. Well, look, the bunnies crowd comes and yeah. the bunnies crowd is everywhere. So you know it's going to be a big crowd because of that. Not just them, but all around the town. Like, yeah. The bunnies are, are followed from one end to the other. Oh, of course. And, you other. know, it's always the, big, the biggest crowds against the. Traditional clubs, the the Dragons, the Elves, the Bunnies. And I'll be expecting our uh, board member Katrina Fanning to be wearing her proper green colours this weekend and no Cardinal or Myrtle. Remember where you stand now, thank you. I know you're out there listening, Katrina. Um, But I hope there's a 20,000-plus crowd. I hope it's big, I hope it's booming, and I hope we get up. Yep. Anyway, it's been wonderful talking to you all out there on the interwebs. Um, This has been yet another... Um, episode of the third most popular Raiders podcast on the interwebs, Uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I am the Pork. I'm Blake, and who knows, we might be back next week.